Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It is Mike, Joe, Craig. We are here recording on February 7th. It is a Tuesday. It's 8.15, almost, you know, probably by the time we're done, a little past 8.30, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. So if news comes out past this time, you know, we won't be covering it. We have a pretty busy week ahead, so we needed to make sure we recorded today. So before we get into anything, Joe, how are you doing? Uh, generally okay. Uh, tired, but a good tired. Like, I, so I'm back in school and I'm running a study group. But due to some scheduling conflicts people had for this week's session, um, we had I had two different sessions for people, so I'm basically managing a group right now, which is a little hectic and stressful. But it's helping me try to keep on top of my game and try to stay on top of my homework and try to stay up on top of the school stuff. So I'm absorbing as much as I can. Yeah, that's nice. I mean, having ownership in what you're doing is always nice. So, you know, like you said, you're tired, but it's a good tired. Well, part of that is the fact that you're, you're, you're putting so much ownership into your next round of education that you're you're... You're not exhausting yourself, but you're putting in a lot of time. Yeah, I'm trying to put the effort through. Because, like, when I, I went through a career change five years ago. And the only thing we got, the only way I got through the whole thing is by literally having, like, the whole class banded together. But, like, we had other small groups here and there based on schedules. And sometimes people had other things to do. But, like, after class, we'd sit down there and say, hey, like, do you guys want to just sit for another hour here and we can just do some studying or whatever we needed to do to prepare for whatever's next? A um, little harder online, so we kind of organized different times. So, um, But if I feel like I don't have a hand in organizing it, then I'm going to have a trouble motivating myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I, I like to kind of stay in the background and I motivate myself through school differently. Obviously, just finished, but. I think I think taking complete ownership is is huge just in keeping people motivated. And we don't have to talk about school forever, but it absolutely it absolutely has a lot of a lot of benefits to taking full ownership of those things. Well, I'm also like trying to let my mind continuously always try to develop during this time in school. It's like you know sometimes you want to take a break and relax a little bit, but if you get your mind going in the morning, and you're trying to do some stuff and get you're just like in that whole like mode of accomplishing things right mm-hmm. get that mind rolling that's kind of where i'm at to get that mind rolling going and going instead of just sitting down watching tv and frying my brain <laughs> hey and that's uh that is also always tough because especially getting back into school when you haven't been there in a while keeping yourself consistently focused is probably a pretty difficult thing you know for me being in the world of education in general going back to school was different because you know i i already understood the routine of it because although you have routines in your jobs too my routine was still school related Um, but people when they leave college and come back to it that's not always that's not always easy to get back into a rhythm so kudos to you for that which in turn has also helped me like start wanting to play pokemon more to keep my mind going there you go. Keep yourself stimulated. I told you I play a ton. Of, I use a, I do a ton of puzzles before I go to bed every night. I'm I'm a very active morning person. I I'm I'm in full support of that stuff. I'm glad to hear. On today's agenda, we have two major topics. 
obviously, we are going to spend some time talking about Orlando. I mean, is the biggest, one of the biggest events in recent memory. I think just under 1,500 actually ended up being there. And then we have some new cards announced from a new set that, you know, will be coming to Japan pretty soon. So it's a, it's a pretty smooth show this week. I'm pretty excited to talk about it. And we're going to jump right into things and start talking about Orlando. So, Joe, you and I watched a decent amount of Orlando, mainly day two stuff. You know, I watched a lot of day one kind of off and on. I was watching a lot more VGC day one, kind of keeping tabs of what was being played in the TCG side of things. And here is how it ended up shaking out. In the top eight, we had six Lugias, which, you know, leading into that is not always that exciting because Lugia, once again, was uh, it was almost just shy under 40% of day two decks, correct? Let me take a look at that infograph. I want to say it was 38%. 34% you Okay, so I was off by a bit. You're wrong. You're just wrong. But that's that's essentially <laughs> 500, 500 players. You yeah. Know, given the amount that was there. 1,485 players, according to Limitless, that's a third. So that's 500 plus Almost well, probably. Day two, we have 53 decks that were Lugia. For... Oh, right. You're talking about day two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but... I, I did see the numbers for day one, and I can't remember what they were offhand, but they were still 30%. It's, it's substantially the best deck in the format right now. I know you have your opinions on it, but like, it is clear as day. This is what it is right now. We talked about how it doesn't really survive rotation as well. I'm curious to see how people approach it. I'm... Because I... I am slowly changing that opinion. I just don't know how you can deny it at this point. The thing we're not taking into account is that single strike and rapid strike are still available. And why? Oh, you're saying those energies? Yeah. Those energies and the mechanic is still available. So, like, the Japanese videos I'm starting to watch now are showing. Lugia and single strikers and Lugia and rapid strike. Interesting. Oh, I mean, I guess that. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. That'd be interesting. I want to watch those videos. But for now, we just have Lugia and all the special energy. Six of our top eight was there. We had a Mew and a Lost Box with Ray that made top eight. The Ray got third. The Mew, unfortunately, did get eighth by the time everything got sorted out. In the finals, it was a Lugia versus Lugia. Maybe not quite a mirror match, but, you know, pretty much a mirror match. I I was okay with the series itself. Obviously, when you watch a mirror, it's not always the most exciting thing. In fact, truthfully, I don't think it's ever an exciting thing to watch a mirror. Nope, I fell asleep. Several it, it, times. It, even if it's a deck that I love, I mean, it, it's it's so... It, I don't know if it's the way Pokemon is framed, but it's so much a, I get this, you get this, then I have to get... Like, it's like the steps are already predetermined when you're in a mirror match. Yeah. There, there are some mirror matches I'd be happy to watch um, just because it's somewhat RNG-based. Like, if you take me back to... Zoroark, Elisapod GX, that deck, 
and you're telling me I'm gonna watch a mirror of that, I would happily watch a mirror of that. Like that that to me is like like it there's some consistency and nice mechanics there, but there's also a decent chunk of RNG. Well, and again, we could we could agree on that because you know my opinion on Zoro. So absolutely. Counter decks would be fun to watch in mirrors. Certain single prize decks can be pretty tough, but you know, overall it's okay. But this Lugia Mirror, it, it, it ended up being between uh, Isaiah Bradner, who got second place, and Andrew Hendrick, who did end up taking the victory. Again, definitely a high-quality match. Decisions were played out well. The thought process was there. Again, whether it was a mirror match or not, I still do believe it was very high-quality. Outside of that, although this was a massive event, I felt we saw a lot of the same stuff. A lot of Lugia, a lot of Lost Box, and then you're like Arceus, Duraldons, and Muse scattered in there. You had a couple control decks that made their way around. I know Azul played that, but really, there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of motivation to keep up with every single match until day two because of the fact that, again, we are in this kind of stale meta. The coolest thing I saw was that in 18th place, somebody played a Ditto Control List, I want to say it is. Uh. And it, it was just like a whole slew of stuff. Oh, this, this is the deck. Oh, I'm silly. So, do you know what the highest placing Crown Zenith card was? Highest placing Crown Zenith card? Yeah, because Crown Zenith was legal and not a lot of cards got played. The highest placing Crown Zenith card? Yep. Like, it's like Pokemon or like... Just support? the card from the set that placed the highest. Card from the set that placed the highest. It you you would have to be like on Twitter, which I know you're not really on Twitter. You'd have to really be paying attention to get this one. Uh, would it be Zayshi? No, yeah, Zayshi retaliation. No, that wouldn't be it. Calrex, baby Calrex, not Shadow Rider, not Ice Rider, just Calrex. Calrex. 110 HP, basic grass type, for two colorless, 30 damage, search your deck for up to two cards, put them into your hand. For a grass, two colorless, bloom shine, 90 damage, heal 20 from each of your Pokemon. This was played in the Ditto control list. Because Ditto has the ability, sudden transformation, where you can use any basic Pokemon attacks in your discard pile. Sure. I I thought it was interesting. Like like this is easily the coolest list sitting here. I know it's a control list, but mm. Ditto Control. There's 20 Pokemon in the list. There's 20 Pokemon, and there's like a bunch of different ones. They used the yeah. Chinchino engine to draw along with Gormandize. You had your Cry of Destru- uh, Destruction to Veltal from the Celebration set that removes special energies. You had your classic mill tank. Uh, you had Diancy with Princess Curtain to deny supporter cards to the bench. You you had a sand dial with Dredge that discards the top three of your opponent's deck. I mean, they were great. It played a torment more Pico. Like 
This was like a this was a ditto box deck, and I thought it was hilarious. You got to look at this list when you get a chance. I'm, look, I'm looking at it. It's it just, uses. It's, it's meant to lock out. It's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, I just I just think it's hysterical. I'm just surprised that there weren't more Thorntons. Hey man, shout outs to Thornton. Other than that, there wasn't really a whole lot of surprises. Again, high quality event, a ton of really good players. I heard from both the I heard from both the trading card game and the video game side that you know this was one of the toughest runs to go through because of the amount of talent there. Um, but I, I don't really have much to say past that. I watched the finals, I watched the top four, I watched the top eight, and I just kind of was okay watching it because the decks were what they kind of always has been. I don't know how you feel about it. Um. In general, it was fine. I don't like it. Like I told you, I I fell asleep a couple of times trying to keep myself awake to that that finals match. And to me, it, it just felt like one person ended up prizing worse prizes than the other, and that person ended up losing. Like I mean, that's like that's what happened in game three, which kind of kind of sucked for Bradner. But and you know, it, the thing is, you can't even. You probably just have to blame it on the fact that we're still sitting here waiting for rotation for another two months. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of where we're at right now. It's just that, like, the impatientness of rotation. Like, I'm ready for it. I have Dark Rye, which I tested a bit this weekend, which I know right now. I tested against Lugia, which is a bad idea, but I did it anyways. Just because I want to know the speed of the deck. But... It, yeah, it's I'm ready for rotation. Yeah, and we have that weird thing where we're waiting a little bit longer than intended because of the adjustment. So we just kind of have to have to hang out there. I just want to last... see something new. That's the real big thing. Well, I, I mean, someone brought this up. I think it was a Shemansky brother on Twitter. And it's always a point that you think about, but you never talk about. You know, you watch VGC and there's a lot of different metas that go on throughout the lifespan of a game. Because it's simpler to do that, to change things, to make restricted lists, to do things like that. And for the TCG, sometimes you're just stuck in a meta and you have to kind of wait it out. And that can be frustrating. And not to say that we were frustrated with the event, because I don't think either of us were, but you know, there's always that thing in the back of our head of, man, I'm I'm ready for a shakeup. And we're just not there yet. But we all have our opinions on it. Hopefully you enjoyed and watched the event. I, en- I enjoyed watching both, again, the VGC and TCG side of things. Really, really been happy with how that stuff has been playing out. The commentators, how everything is run. So shout-outs to that. Shout-outs to running a really massive event at Orlando. It didn't look like it was easy to keep that contained, so good work there. Now we get to talk about cards. As of about four or five days ago, Triple Beat, was officially revealed for March release in Japan. This was a trademark that we knew existed back in October, even before the new games were released. It will come out on March 10th and will be featuring the starters from the Paldea region. This being Sprigatito and Meowskarada, Foycoco and Skeledurge, and finally Quaxley. And I'm drawing a blank, Quaquaville. Which is so, such a weird name for me. But it's going to feature also those very three forgettable. Yeah, I mean, it's also not bad, though, like competitively and viability-wise, but 
It it definitely is forgettable compared to the other two. It starts off great and gets worse and worse. And Skeledurge is just a broken starter. Fire Ghost with the statistics it has is nuts. So anyway, we can talk about that all day. But the set's coming out on the 10th. It will be featuring clearly the Paldea region and the starters. We got about, about 15 cards revealed to us. So we're going to go through those, kind of give our thoughts. We'll skip through ones that we don't really need to go over. But we're going to start with the first starter, which is Meowskarada. The previous two evolutions, while they are nice, do not really provide anything too crazy. Um, one of the Sprigatitos has the ability to search for energy for a grass. Not terrible as like a I can't evolve yet attack. What? You don't like a magic whip? I guess it's fine. Flor- <laughs> Florigato for two colorless, 50 damage, switch your opponent's active, I guess. Uh, not really, but let- let's talk about the focal point here, which is Mouscarada. Mouscarada EX is a 310 HP grass-type Pokemon. Stage 2 has the ability Magic Bouquet. You must discard a grass energy from your hand in order to use this ability. Once during your turn, you may choose one of your opponent's benched Pokemon and put three damage counters on it. For two colorless Nail Scratch, 100 damage, and if your opponent already has damage counters on it, it does 120 more. So effectively speaking, if you're targeting down something that you had just put damage counters on, you're looking to hit for a 250, including the damage counters. But natively, 220. Weak to fire and a retreat of two. I personally have no problem with this card. I think the ability is good. I think discarding energy is whatever. And for two colorless energy, being able to hit 220, obviously this would be really good with Galarian Zigzagoon. I know that's not going to be a thing. But what do you think about this this card? Because I, I think it's a trending to above average multi-prizer. Uh... I think it's a very good multi-prizer. Um, right now, because it is a stage two, it'll still suffer from stage two problems. But as the meta and the game will slow down, I think it'll be in a, in a pretty good spot. Or at least tier two, tier... I want to say tier two. We can't, we can't say tier one because it's a grass type. It's a grass type. And... And grass got nerfed in a really strange way. Obviously, there's some dark types that are weak to grass, but water now being weak to lightning specifically is a huge nerf to this. But like the interesting thing I'm seeing with this, and I think I posted it in our Discord channel, um, that is this being paired with, uh, is it Metacham? Yes. Yoga Loop? So if you're sniping something enough, you can start taking some extra turns. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's a good point. So we'll see. I just, I always have low confidence in grass type cards because I feel like over the past couple of years, we've gotten some really, really good grass type Pokemon cards that just can't amount to anything because fire is always a prevalent typing. You're never going to remove the fire typing from weakness for grass. So you're just kind of stuck. And you can't really do a whole lot. So I guess yeah, the yoga loop isn't bad, but I I'm gonna I'm gonna have to see it to believe it when it comes to a grass type deck being worth anything right now. Any other comments on Masquerada? 
Uh, no, I I would like to try it, assuming it is not too expensive to put together. Next up on the list, we're going to talk about. I'm going to group these three together. We have the Paldean Tauros trio. If you haven't played the game or gotten around to it yet, uh, Tauros has a native typing of fighting in Paldea, and then it also has a fire fighting type and a fire water type, depending on what game you are playing. They all have the same type, or uh, they all have the same attacks, they all have the same HP, so we're going to cover it together. 130 HP, again, one is fighting, one is water, one is fire. They both have the same first attack, which is two colorless fury horn, uh, fury horn, sorry, 20 damage plus 10 for each damage counter on this Pokemon. It's two colorless energy. The second attack does differ a little bit. The fire type for two fire and a colorless does 120 and you discard one energy. The water for one water and two colorless snipes something for 60. And then the fighting type for two fighting and a colorless does 130 and 32 itself. I feel like the focus here is definitely going to be with the double colorless attack, and they're definitely trying to give us a gimmicky Tauros deck. Now, how do you feel about that? Uh, it's fine, but the problem is, is that what counter you're going to run with, right? So you can only have four Paldean Tauros is the rule. Right. So you can't have you can have a multiple of one of them, right? We have one, one, one. At least a slot for an extra one somewhere. I think the most viable option is going to be your fire type because of the. I think is it magma basin, or remember yes, the fire. You, do, you you do have magma basin, so you have that to accelerate the damage counters on yourself. You have damage pump and Gengar to move things around. So it it is doable to do more things, but I think the more efficient one will be fire. Um, water seems kind of least efficient and at least the fighting will do a temperature itself but at that point you're also on three attachments absolutely i agree with that yeah you you're kind of limited but I'm, I'm curious to see how this card gets played because what's also really nice about this is although it's not as good as like a counter attack it's always really nice to have different typed basics that have double colorless attacks you know just for the sake of like having a one of in a deck. It's not great because it's double colors attack depends on damage counters. And usually those cards are much more valuable when they have a one off attack that can happen in a safer scenario. But regardless, I'm pretty happy with that. But like the hard part, even the math is difficult with it because if we're looking at the HPs now, let's just take our current EXs that we're looking at right now. We talked about Mascarada is at 310. Right? Can we realistically hit 310 with Paldean Toros? With Paldean Toros, you Fire. can. Y yes, with a choice belt. The choice belt, or you can look at using what, what the, the weakness specs or whatever they were again, where the, you go for three oh, times the triple. Yeah, the triple weakness. Triple weakness. There's ways to do it. I mean, there definitely is ways, but the problem is you need substantial damage on the Tauros. Yeah, you, you, it's it's completely inefficient. You'd have to mess around with like stage one, the Zoroark 
the the stage one Zoroark card basically, but that only does stage one, so that can't work. So yeah, I uh, maybe they're just not good. I hope they see play. Next up on the list, we have Oracorio. This will be nice and quick and easy. Oracorio has 90 HP. It's a fire type and has the ability once during your turn, heal 20 from your active evolution Pokemon. It is what it is. Any other comments on it? No. Yeah. I mean, could it change some damage numbers down the road in a deck? Maybe. Um, but I'll believe it when I see it. It's just passionately dancing on the bench. Just doing his thing. Next up, we have the Skeledurge line. Uh, the first two stages, again, don't really do a lot. Skeledurge EX is a 340 HP stage 2 fire type. One fire energy, vitality song, 50 damage, and heal 30 from each of your Pokemon. For two fire, burning voice, 270 minus 10 for each damage counter on Skeledurge. It's weak to water and a retreat of 3. They did my boy dirty. I hate those minus damage attacks. Yeah, I don't. I don't. It's not, not good. My favorite. It's, the card is now bad. Yeah. Like, like you can't do anything about it. You can Oracorio passionately dance. You can. or I mean, you can attack right away. Right? Two fire. Obviously, the cost is very beneficial. I don't... Th- think it's as horribly bad because you okay you, you the things you have you have oracorio you have uh radiant serena you have that new item where you can heal i think 30 from each pokemon right and play so like you there is a world where you, you can heal enough i feel like you're just committing way too much to make this card do what you know it's more than likely still going to be two shutting things, which at that point, there's got to be a better option. I love Skeledurge, but I, I think as of right now, this is kind of just... It's not coaster territory. No, 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 no. It is not there, but I don't think it's playable. You could, you could play it, but it's... There's no way it's like a, a tier two deck ever. Because... I'd rather play that over... Quackleball, honestly, but we haven't got the Quackleball yet. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there right now. Quackleball EX 320 HP stage two water type. Again, I will I will note uh, not a whole lot going on with the previous evolutions. For one water energy, lively Samba, 60 damage and switch this Pokemon with one of your benched. Then your opponent switches their active with one of their benched. So kind of a weird like Guzma thing going on. For one water and a colorless propeller shot, 230, put two energy from this Pokemon into your hand. Sweep the lightning and a retreat of two. It, I don't know. I, at least it's not minusing attack. I just hate that, dude. I hate that on Skeledurge. How do you feel about Quackable? I think it's the worst of the three. Uh, given, so my one... Lightning weakness, bad. Maridon, it's sure. out there. Sure, it, it's just not going to survive. I'm I'm not quite sure where the acceleration will come from. Putting back water energy. That's always right? a question. Right now, we're losing Frostmoth, which no one really used in the first place. 
uh, Melanie, I believe, only works for V's, correct? Uh, yes. Yep. It's not rule box Pokemon. So we're kind of as well there, unless they make an errata for it. But I don't right. think they will. Um, I really don't know how else they're going to handle, like, in terms of trying to loop what they want to do. Now, if you're putting one energy back into hand, okay. But two, and then you're going to lively Samba with one of them to go another one, and how are you trying to re- accelerate back to one of your benched ones? As of right now, I just don't think it's viable at all. Until we see something get printed. It needs support, some kind of support, and I don't think it's there. Fair enough. That's fair. I could be Next. wrong. I'm sure Nick will message us tomorrow and tell us that one out tomorrow. Uh, either Friday afternoon or Saturday morning, because by the time we finish this episode, I'm sure something will come out saying, oh, look, water support. There you go. And I mean, water. Su- we are we are never too short on water support. Except we're losing our buckets, too. We are losing our buckets. Next up on the list, we have our trainers. Uh, some of these are reprints. Some of these are new. So we'll kind of skim through what we need to skim through. Uh, Superior Energy Retrieval is coming back, I guess. I feel like, yeah, this was an older card. Yes. Discard two, dis- discard two cards from your hand. If you can't discard two, you can't play the card. Put four basic energy cards from your discard pile into your hand. So it's a discard two, bring out four, straight to hand. How do you feel about this card? It, it's fine. Like, I, it's, I have regular energy retrieval in format, so I, I'm going to use that one because it doesn't minus cards on my hand. It's, it's, a, it's a situational card. Uh, there isn't much in terms of acceleration from hand to bench that I can think of. Like, you have Gardenia's Vigor, which you could probably do for two grass, but right. why not just use energy retrieval at that point? <laughs> um, I know Nick's got that Swim Freely deck, but those energies go back into the deck, so but I guess you can be more okay with discarding energies. Like the, right. there's a there's a time and a place for it, and it's 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 okay, it's around, but I don't see the complete benefit yet right now. Yeah, fair enough. Next up, we have Dendra. It is a supporter card that states: put one card from your hand at the bottom of your deck, then draw until you have five in hand. Meh, meh. Uh, Clavel, Clavel, however you want to say it. Supporter, Clavel. search your deck, Clavel. All right, we'll call it Clavel. That's how I called him. Search your deck for up to three basic Pokemon that have 120 HP or less and put them into your hand. Okay. That's fine. It's nice for GLC? Yeah, I just play Bridget instead. There's Bridget, and then there's that other card that people play. And that other card. Yeah, so so not not him. It's a better version of Professor. Oh, uh, what was the Professor that got three sixty HP and less? Oh, was it Elms? Elms, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty rough. Yeah, so it is better so than that. Because I did notice too that 
They may fit Quoco. HP is 90, or at least one of the cards. Yeah. That's a pretty chunky basic for something that's got to evolve two stages. That is a very chunky basic. I agree. Next up, we have Artisan Town. It is a stadium. Once during each player's turn, that player may search the deck for a basic Pokemon and put it onto their bench. This is just a great mid-ground card, right? Yeah. Just get basics onto the bench. Both sides benefit. It's just a decent stadium. Yeah, it's just... Honestly, it's like Brooklyn Hill and everything else except just basics. Yeah, there you go. And pool box, really, but... And then finally, we have Luminous Energy. This is a special energy card that states, as long as this card is attached to a Pokemon, it provides every type of energy, but only provides one at a time. This is our... Um, Oh, I should note the second part. If the Pokemon this card is attached to has any other special energy, it only provides colorless. So it has to be has to be like that. Thoughts on this card? I mean it's our it's our rainbow energy of the set. Um when I read it, I was at work and in the bathroom, as I usually do most of my reading at work in the bathroom, I just cried laughing. And yeah, I probably this, got some weird looks. The second text is rough. Yeah, it's, uh, bad. it's bad, dude. Yeah, so it that that's why for the longest time we were saying it's still gonna kill Lugia, but Lugia still has the potential rapid strike and single strike method. Yeah, or future method. Reggie Gigas. Now you have to run basics, energies, and right. maybe this. Ugh, this is so bad, dude. <laughs> it's just such a bummer. The first part of the text is so good, and then it's like ugh. the 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 balancing quote unquote of the card is just not it. There's too much negative nerfed into the ground. All right. Well, like some things just don't need to be retooled. You know, just like keep keep the rainbow as it is. It's like there's no there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. Yeah, I agree. Just give us Rainbow, man. At the end of the show, we were ending the show with just give us Rainbow. That brings us to the end. We had new cards, original. Again, decent stuff to talk about. Joe, before we leave, is there anything you would like to add? Everybody have a good weekend. Have a great weekend. Thank you for supporting our show as you always do. Enjoy playing the game, supporting the game, being around the game as much as you can. Again, thank you for all the things you do for us. We will see you next time.